15 Amazon executives, along with big developers and corporate lobbyists, have donated to my opponent. This is a struggle for the soul of Seattle. The Chamber of Commerce has gotten its candidates into every city council race. Their mission, take over City Hall and flip it to the right. But we can fight back. This is Plausibly Live. Well, good morning, good evening, or good afternoon, wherever you are, whatever you do. A lot of things happening in the world today. Most of them are far beyond our control, you might say. Perhaps it's time we took a pause and thought about life and thought about the laws of gravity. Street socialists, free speech, football coaches. No, not that one. Don't touch that dial. Just try to hear me out for a little while. Well, I have good news for you this morning. Maybe. I mean, it's good news for us. Maybe not so much for the rest of you. So, for the longest time up here, for the last couple of years, we've had a socialist city council. This goes actually back to before the chop, even. Uh, We've had a councilwoman here who... She, she's a hardcore socialist. She's a communist is what she is. But she uh, very much wanted to be on the, on the stage all the time. And she was always in the streets with her bullhorn because, you know, that's what socialists do. And she was much in the news for the last several years. Um... She has decided that she is not going to run for city council. Again, rerun for city council, which is moderately good news for Seattle in the sense that there's probably no one out there in the field of candidates that is as insanely ludicrous as she is when it comes to this stuff. So consequently, whoever does run to replace her, although they will be probably a socialist and a leftist, uh, they probably won't be as insane as she is. That said, that's the good news, is that she's gone now. And on her way out the door, she took credit for everything. You understand that? She's the one who got Seattle's minimum wage to $15 an hour, period. Wasn't anybody else. It was her. And she made a point of of, of reminding you of that, that this was me. I did this. Except that it wasn't her. It was the union, the SEIU union that really pushed for it. Um, But she also used her exit speech to take... Wow. I mean... Usually, when, when, when you decide, when you announce you're not rerunning, assuming you're not under indictment or criminal charges, you take the time to thank people that helped you. You, you congratulate people who are going to continue on with the, the difficult work or whatever. Um, not this gal, Kashama Sawant. You might want to learn that name because the good news is she's not running for city council. In Seattle, she took this opportunity to really rip on people that she doesn't like. 
and specifically her fellow Democrats, who she thinks are sellouts. She called them toadies to the corporate Democrats and said that they were, quote, afraid to rock the boat. (sighs) She basically slagged everyone, according to this writer, as sellouts on the way on, on her way out the door from Seattle representative Pramila Jayapal, who you may be familiar with. Jayapal is uh, one of the leaders of the Democrat Party in the House, and she is a socialist. She's a leftist, and she is borderline insane, but nowhere near what Kashama Sawant is. So she she took a swipe at her. Uh, she also took a swipe at AOC, believe it or not. Now, this is a Seattle City Council person who is criticizing the congressman, congresswoman in this case, um, and her former allies on the on the city council, who she said, quote, hugged the establishment to their defeat. Now, I don't know what that means, but the only group, now this is crazy, but stay with me, the only group of people that Kashwama Swant had anything nice to say about at all. You ready for this? Now, keep in mind, she's a socialist and a communist, and she has been the focal point, really, of the resistance here in the Pacific Northwest for at least the last four or five years. The only people she had anything good to say about was the House Freedom Caucus. You know who that is, right? The House Freedom Caucus? Those are the the right-wing Republicans that held up McCarthy's speakership to get their concessions, and that's what she said about them. Now, that's a group, she said, who know how to use leverage to force establishment concessions. So literally, the only group she had anything nice to say about was the people who are adamantly opposed to her. Um, and there you go. It was, uh, it's been an adventure watching her up here. <clears throat> she did get a recall a couple of years ago. Well, I guess it was last year because she got caught uh, letting people into City Hall that shouldn't have gone, been allowed in. She was always, as if I could borrow a phrase here from my Modesto days, always a lightning rod for controversy. She, if there was, if there was an argument about what Seattle was going to do or how we were, they were going to do it, I keep saying we. I don't live there. Uh, she was in the middle of it. And the problem, of course, is that much like as California goes, so goes the country. As Seattle goes, so goes the state of Washington. That's the problem. And and. So her attempts to do this kind of stuff was was that. Part of the problem that she's complaining about is that there doesn't seem to be any fight in the movement anymore. This perpetual conflict has kind of maybe run its course a little bit, and she feels like she feels like the the fire has gone out of the socialist movement in Seattle a little bit. Um, it, it, it's it's kind of I don't know intriguing but at the same time her solution to that isn't to re-energize her movement here in seattle and this is the this is what i'm saying the good news is she's not going to be running on the city council in seattle anymore the bad news is (laughs) 
for you. <laughs> she wants to take her movement national, meaning that you're going to start seeing Kashama Sawant showing up in the national news as she inserts herself into stories, although she burned a heck of a lot of bridges, so I don't know how she's going to do this. I mean, she, when you basically take on Jayapal, Representative Jayapal, and AOC, who's left? I mean, what's she going to do? Go buddy up to Bernie Sanders? Bernie's not going to be interested in her because she's she's a problem. She, anyway, the good news is Kashama Sawat has decided to infect the rest of the nation with the very movement that caused, as it were, the Chaz or the Chop, whatever it is, is up here. So she's not running for legislature, Seattle City Council here anymore, but coming soon to wherever you live, because I'm sure if you live in a major population center, she's going to be there and she's going to explain to you that socialism good, freedom bad. And anybody that disagrees with her, with the exception of the American Freedom Caucus, well, those people must be destroyed. So congratulations the rest of the world, rest of the country. We have decided to unleash Kashama Sawant on you. So you're going to have to learn to say Kashama Sawant. It's hard to say. But good luck with that. Have fun, because it's a coming. Welcome back. So I have said this on numerous occasions, and I will probably continue to say it probably until the day I die. Um, I am not just a free speech advocate. I am a free speech zealot. I am a free speech radical. I have said before, and I will say it again, I personally do not believe that there's any speech that should be banned. There's speech that I don't like. There's speech that you don't like. There's speech that we all don't like. There's speech that is outrageous. But the solution to bad speech is good speech and more of it. And instead of doing that, we're taking this approach of banning speech. And it's if it was just the left doing it, it would probably be easier to address. The problem is that it's not just the left doing it. And that bothers me. The left makes no pretense. They don't believe in liberty. They don't believe in free speech. They don't believe in the Bill of Rights. They don't accept those things. They say they do. Their lips move and they say they do. But their actions indicate that they do not. The problem is, on the right, we say those things. And... Many times we want to believe them because this is what we want to hear. But much like the left, their actions indicate that this is not what they actually believe. What do I mean? Look, I don't really care where you stand on the LGBTQ plus issue. I, I don't. I do not care. I have my own opinions about it. I think that my opinions are pretty well known. 
But at the same time, it's a free country. If you want to pretend to be something, you can pretend to be something. You don't have to have my permission to do it. Where the line is, is when you start using the power of law to force me to believe this thing. Once you cross that line, you're a tyrant. I don't really care what your excuse is. I don't care what your doctor said. I don't care what your gender-affirming psychiatrist said. If you use the power of law to force someone else to believe or say or speak the way you want them to, you are a tyrant. You are no different, no different than any tyrant you can name in history. King George III, Adolf Hitler, Joseph Stalin, doesn't matter. You are the same. That said, again, what I'm concerned about is the right side of things, where sometimes we seem to forget that we accept free speech. It's easy to point at things like Tony Dungy, the football coach. See, I told you it wasn't the one up here. Tony Dungy, the ex-football coach, the football commentator, who went to a uh, uh, pro-life demonstration and made some comments about how he disagrees with the LGBTQ lifestyle. And for that, he's being pilloried. Again, it's free speech. Why do you care what Tony Dungy thinks? Tony Dungy isn't influencing anybody. He's not changing anybody's mind. He's not forcing you to live your life the way he wants you to live it. He's just saying he disagrees with it. That's free speech. But when it comes to the power of law, then we've got a different issue, don't we? In North Dakota, which, by the way, is on the play, on the list of places I might like to live in the future. I, I've been to North Dakota. I like it there. Um, I was there in February, and that's the dead of winter, as you know. And it still wasn't that bad. I mean, people left their cars running. I mean, that was normal. But the people where I went in North Dakota were very friendly, very excited to have visitors, especially in February, because that didn't usually happen. Um, But it's a beautiful place. But North Dakota lawmakers this week took up a bill, a bill, a law in the state of North Dakota that would have eliminated state funding for entities, including education, that promoted, allow, or support the ideology of transgenderism. Okay. You want to do that. That's arguable. Part of the problem with this bill, though, was that if this bill had passed and you were transgender, let's say that you had decided that you wanted to be the opposite of whatever you are, three of the opposites of whatever you are, whatever you wanted to be, and yet you were actually born, for the sake of our argument here, male, and you wanted to be called them-they, you wanted to be called Zia, you wanted to be called whatever. Under this law, had it passed, if you yourself referred to yourself as anything other than your gender assigned at birth, you would be guilty of violating this law. Now, you would think that even Ted Lieu could see that that was a violation of the First Amendment. You can't tell me what I can call myself. I don't don't really care. Neither can I tell anybody else what they can call themselves, with the exception of the military, 
where it's a different story. And, you know, we refer to each other, rank, last name, that sort of thing. But when you get into a law that says, if you call yourself something that we don't approve of, not only are you in violation of the law, but you are subject to a $1,500 fine. We are now using the power of government to control speech. Now, again, we don't like it when the left does it to us. We don't like it when the left insists, demands, uses the power of of government to force us to think and say the way they want us to. Why are we okay with it when the right tries to do it the other way? Both are wrong. Both are in violation of the thing that we hold sacred, the First Amendment, freedom of speech. Both are bad. Now, on the plus side of all this, the North Dakota Senate, which is, you know, pretty conservative, came to its senses and realized, (laughs) number one, if we pass this bill and it becomes law, it's going to be overturned in the federal courts, which means that we're going to have to go to court and defend this. It's going to cost us money to do this, a la what Ted Lieu did to California some years ago. But we don't want to do that because this we're going to lose. This is a clear violation of the First Amendment. This isn't even arguable. And again, it doesn't matter where you stand on the issue of LGBTQ transgenderism. It doesn't matter. You can't pass a law saying to people, you can't say that, or you must say that. That's where the line is, folks. Congress shall make no law. And the First Amendment has been incorporated. So you could read that as North Dakota shall make no law. The, the bill uh, lost 39 to 8 in the legislature in North Dakota, which is probably probably a good thing. Much like Kashama Sawant, I find myself agreeing to a degree with my opponents at this particular point. This law was unconstitutional. It should never have even been proposed. And what bothers me most about it is that it was proposed, that there were at least eight Republicans in the state of North Dakota who thought to themselves, hey, we should just pass a law restricting speech. And it never even dawned on them. It never even registered in their brains, much like uh, a vice presidential candidate some years ago, that you can't do that. We didn't know we couldn't do that. Even though it's literally not just in the federal constitution, it's in your state constitution because it's been incorporated. Folks, I don't I don't know where this is going to all end up. I really don't. I have my own opinions about the transgender movement, one of which is I think it's becoming more and more clear that it's more about feelings. It's more about I want to be happy, and I think the grass is greener on the other side. It's not me saying that, by the way. That's the Transmax Manifesto. We want to feel happy. So I think that like Kashama Sawant, it's going to run its course eventually. People are going to wake up and realize you can't change your gender. You can pretend all you want, and it's a free country. You can act however you want. You can say whatever you want, but you physically can't do it. And that's just reality. When they dig you up a thousand years from now, they're going to look at your pelvis and go, this was a male, this was a female. That said, 
I don't know where this whole thing is going, but it's starting to bother me that we're getting more and more willing to use the force of government, the pointed end of the stick, a gun, to enforce our will on someone else's. I'm here to tell you, the First Amendment is very clear. And if you believe in the First Amendment, and you believe in anything of a Judeo-Christian ethic, do unto others as you would have them done unto you, you can't support bills like this. This was ludicrous. It was ridiculous. It was saved by common sense, by, by GOP senators who realized that, you know what, this is stupid. And they said, no, we're not passing that bill. I do know that over the next few months and years, get used to hearing the name Kashama Sawat because she is going to be in your area telling you how you should live your life, how much of your money she deserves for her causes. And at the end of the day, maybe the fire will go out there too and she'll be just as unsuccessful there as she ultimately was in Seattle. Take the time right now. Tell the people that matter in your life you love them very much. You'd miss them if they weren't there. Please don't pass up those opportunities. You don't want to have that regret. Plausibly Live, I'm Dave Bowman. We'll see you tomorrow for Dave Does History on Bill McLive.